listening to the Right Talk Wednesday podcast, made from the video stream, which happens every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central on both YouTube and Twitch. If you'd like to watch the actual live stream, you may do so by visiting musecharmer.com and going to the Right Talk Wednesday show page. You can also find archives of the show on YouTube under the live tab. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Right Talk Wednesday show. It is six o'clock here in the Missouri Ozarks and this is Kit Kelstow coming to you from my office cabin here in the Ozarks. As a reminder, um, I do have an office cat. So if you see me like make a weird gesture or something, I am trying to keep the cat from knocking over the camera. So we'll just see if she behaves during this call. We'll find out. Um, I am here with Alana Lawrence, and we are going to talk. This is our final NaNoWriMo kind of encouragement discussion interview. So we're going to talk about her experience with NaNoWriMo and her book, Remnants of Fire, which if you are watching the video of this, you can see here um, next to my face. And so the book is up there. All of the links, as always, are in our show notes. So, you know, if if you're encouraged to purchase the book, and I'm sure we both hope you are, you can go out to the show notes and click on the link and purchase it from your favorite ebook retailer. So welcome. Thank you so much for being here. I am so glad that you've agreed to be on the Right Talk Wednesday show. I'm so happy to be here. I always like to talk about books, of course, and also NaNoWriMo. So it is a perfect match for me. Wonderful. Well, why don't we start by telling our listeners and our viewers just a little bit about yourself? Okay. Um, I am a former floral designer, pizza maker, uh, lawyer. I was a family law attorney for 30 years, and now I can finally write full time. So I have uh, published 26 books, 27 and 28 are coming out in the spring, and um, the rest of the time I spend marketing. So that's that's about me. Wow. Well, that's great. That I think that speaks to something that I'm a big proponent of, and that is if you find a way to write and a way to market that kind of works for you, then you can have a really nice, you know, career with some longevity behind it. So that's amazing. I just want to, you know, get, give you a shout out for that because that's 26 books is a lot. <laughs> it, they, they've come along so regularly that that I really lose track and you know every once in a while somebody says well you know how many have you done and then I actually have to stop and count them and I'm like wow where did that come from I guess you know I there were a lot of crimes I didn't do on the street because I could do them on paper (laughs) that's good I I like that line that's a very good one (laughs) so um since we are talking about NaNoWriMo did you encounter that early in your writing career or was that something that you came to later? Much later, actually. Um, I hadn't even heard about it perhaps until I was about 40. And I was just getting started publishing novels about that time. And, you know, I saw in the writing, once I got like hooked into the writing community, I would see people talk about NaNoWriMo, NaNoWriMo, and they were like, just jazzed about it 
and I couldn't understand what the excitement was about. And so, you know, I went over and checked it out probably 15 or 16 years ago. And, you know, immediately I thought it was a great thing. I mean, NaNoWriMo is something that says you don't have to be a, a novelist for the rest of your life. You don't have to be a novelist any longer than 30 days, but for 30 days, we give you permission to do this. And you can spend your time and put 50,000 words on the page. And, you know, people can justify that to themselves, to their families, to, you know, workers, coworkers, you know, that, you know, I'm just going to take this 30 days and see if I've got it. And so I, I thought it was an amazing thing. It really is. And I, I love that attitude, you know, take 30 days and just see what happens. Because one of the things I stressed during the prep was, you know, don't put a lot of pressure on yourself. Don't, don't try to stress yourself out over it. It's not worth it. Is that kind of how you think about NaNoWriMo, which is do what you can do and that's what you can do or. Well, I've done it for probably that 15 years you know every november i've done some form of it and even if i don't win you know if i don't complete the fifty thousand words i have written twenty thousand words that i wouldn't have gotten otherwise or uh, one year i took a couple projects that i hadn't finished and just gave myself permission to continue to write those and finish the projects, even though that's kind of out in rebel land, as the nano people call it. Um, you know, it, you can use it as a tool. You can, you know, add a sequel to something you've already written. You can, uh, you know, write a short story for an anthology. It's, you know, a novella length. You can do a lot of different things with that time period. And having all the other folks who are doing it with you is so encouraging. You know, you have your your personal buddies that are on the list, but you can see, um, you know, how many words people have written around the world. And you think we all did this together. And it, it's really a wonderful thing. It really is. And to me, that's I I admit I haven't done nano in a great many years. Um you know, as I mentioned to you before, I am in my last semester of my undergraduate degree. And so there was no way I was doing nano this year. I was <laughs> like, no, yeah, um, you've got important things to do. Yeah. But I, I think one of the things that I loved that when I've done nano is that there's just this community and you can connect and you can see what other people are doing and you kind of feed off each other with the energy. Is that, did you kind of, it sounds like you kind of had that experience as well. I have. And um, I really enjoyed in past years going to the forums and, and there were several different forums where you could um, throw out a question, you know, like, I have a police officer in my story and they need to do X, Y, Z thing. And, you know, is there anybody out there who knows the procedure for that? And there's always somebody, you know, there was always somebody who, who would say, oh, well, yeah, this is what you have to do. And, you know, I, as a, as a lawyer, 
you know, I got a lot of, there were or people who wrote in questions about, okay, in courtroom procedure, how would this work? You know, and I was always glad to say, well, you know, first the bailiff would come and then, you know, the sheriff would bring people in and then this would happen and then that would happen. And, you know, I, I was glad to help somebody else do their thing. That's great. I know just kind of as a note, I saw an email, they're revamping the forums, So the forums aren't available right now. So if you're watching this going, why are there no forums? That is okay. why. Um, but that was how, you know, my, my nanos were like in the, in the late two, you know, 2006, seven, eight, nines. Um, and so that was how I connected with people. And then, um, I lived in Des Moines. And so there was a huge write-in community. We'd all go to various Paneras and sit there and write. Um, I don't, I live in the middle of nowhere now. So it'd be like a four hour drive to my nearest write-in. But I always thought that was great too, to, to be there and around other writers and to have that experience. Yeah. Um, since I moved to Asheville um, in North Carolina, I left my long-time critique group in Erie. Uh, it's one of the only good things that came out of COVID, as far as I was concerned, was that they all went to Zoom meetings. So now I could be back in the critique group that I appreciate. And they have this every Sunday night is a, is a, during Nano, is they have a write-in session. And, you know, even on Zoom, it's lovely to be able to feel like you're connected to other writers because writing is kind of a lonely profession. I mean, you don't, you can do it with other people, but ultimately you're the one who puts the words on the page. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Yeah. I am. Um, I count myself very fortunate. My spouse is also a writer. So oh, you are lucky. Yeah. So I have, I have kind of a mini community here um, on the homestead, but I mean, I can tell him what's going on or I can ask him questions because we have different skill sets. And like you said, you know, have somebody to ask questions to as far as, you know, does this work or whatever? And that that's always, that's always really nice. So um, let's segue just a little bit and talk about your book, Remnants of Fire. Was that a nano book? It was a nano book. It was in, I made a note of it yesterday, it was a 2009 nano book. And it is a uh, para, paranormal thriller, I guess we're calling it at this point. Um, a young woman who is a newspaper reporter, as I once was back in the pre-law days. And she comes into a town and there's a whole string of uh, young women who are found dead uh, without any particular reason or motive that they can think of. And they're all her age and, you know, about like her. And so she gets assigned to cover the story and um, has to resolve this mystery somehow. And there are several uh, men in the story who might be her friend and who might be her enemy and she's got to negotiate through that and figure out you know what the whole point is and why it is that people that go to this clinic aren't getting better so it, it's a i had to do some research on healers and healing and scoped out 
uh, you know, other ways of investigation. We set this a couple years ago, so it's not quite the way that newspapers are run today. But those of us in the old days, you know, we don't do it as the way they do now. And uh, I was able to incorporate one of my co-workers at my newspaper in South Florida into the book. He was a lovely person and he since passed. And so it's just kind of a nice memory to have him in there. And he acts just like he did in real life in the story. And he's hilarious. Well, that that book sounds so interesting. I know I was, you know, putting everything together and I was like, oh, my gosh, this sounds so fascinating. Let me go ahead and read the blurb for um, those of us who are listening here, because, yeah, I mean, it just it just totally grabbed me. So here we go. Looking for a fresh start, Sarah Woods takes a job as a news reporter in a small town. Her first assignment is to investigate a string of deaths, all young women her age linked to a local healing center with a strange reputation. The deeper she digs into the clinic, the harder it is to deny links to the paranormal. Can she figure out what is going on and who to trust before it's too late? Yeah. (laughs) So, but no, I, I just thought that sounded so interesting. And one of the things I absolutely love about doing this show is I get to find out about, you know, so many good books as if, you know, any of us need more books to read. Cause I mean, my, my to be read pile is amazing, but I, as everybody's is, but there's always so many, so many good stories out there. And no matter what you're in the mood for, there's something you can, you can grab and read. So how did you come up with this idea? Cause that's, it's, there's a, I mean, there's paranormal and then there's the healing and there's just so many elements all together that I thought were really uniquely done. <laughs> Oddly, um, I used, to, I used to go to this chiropractor and, um, he had what I have since found out is a TENS machine, which mm-hmm. is a small thing that, um, they attach a patch to you with wires and it sti- electrically stimulates your muscles um, so that they kind of get overstimulated and then relax. And one day when he was, he put that on, I mean, the nurse put that on and then left the room. And I was just thinking, what would happen? Because you always do as a writer. It's like, what mm-hmm. if, uh, what would happen if that thing just went haywire and just, you know, <laughs> tried to electrocute you all by yourself, you know? And then um, when I uh, went to a class where there was a healer teaching different techniques, which to me were strange at the time, um, you know, I kind of went from the, what if you had this go crazy and then this went crazy too? And, you know, what is the healer getting out of this? And, you know, if we're all transferring energy to each other, you know, are you going to steal somebody's energy? And how would you do that? And, you know, then we were off to the races pretty much. Uh, I have to say, I love my TENS unit. I um, have a TENS unit. And in fact, I'll put a link in the show notes because um, it's just a little little thing. It cost me about $25 on Amazon. But 
amazing, um, for, for my back and my fibro. So yeah, I totally love tens units. Um, well, yours is under control, I'm sure, and not possessed by <laughs> anything strange. As far as I know, it's, it's under control. Right. Yeah. I, I haven't explored all the buttons yet, but I've got no. the one setting I like, and that's what I do. <laughs> now the cattle, that cattle fix it for you. Watch out. Oh, I, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I am sure. But yeah, and I'm a trained Reiki practitioner, so okay. I totally get what you're talking about. Totally get it. Um, so, and I, and I think that, I think that kind of gets to the idea that as writers, we can get ideas from anything or anywhere. Um, you know, I think, and I'm sure you're, you're the same. Most writers I talk to, as well as myself, we have so many story ideas that at some point, you know, we, we hope we can write them all down. Oh, you will never get them down. And if you don't write, usually if you don't write them down right away, you know, there's 18 more and that one disappears. So if you have a good one, have a piece of paper by you all the time with a pen so you can write it down for sure. Yeah. Piece of paper app on your phone. I use Microsoft OneNote. I, I, I use OneNote to try to keep track of things, but yeah, Evernote, there's a million apps out there. You'll find one. Yeah, I'm I'm old school. Sorry. <laughs> oh no, I am. I am too. I have notebooks. I just <laughs> for, oh, for we the... all have notebooks, but you know we never write in them because they're too pretty to write in or whatever. <laughs> but they're half full here and half full over here, and there's a couple more over there. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so is this a standalone book or is it part of a series? Right now, it's a standalone book. Although I am. Since we reissued it um, this year, I am definitely looking at, like you said, having more ideas than I can manage at the time, uh, looking at writing a, a follow-up and moving the action from Ohio to uh, Asheville, or is scouting out places where things might occur and doing my research. So I think it might be fun to have this have this uh, newspaper reporter out there ghost busting and whatever else she's doing. That would be very fun. Yes. Mm. Very fun. So, and, and you kind of answered this a little bit, but when you, when you're doing nano, do you try to work with like what needs to be written or is it a matter of, like giving yourself permission during this month to, to write something new and fun or whatever. I, I've done it both ways. Um, I know uh, my one YA fantasy book, I spent all of October writing out character descriptions and figuring out plot lines and doing all the back research, um, you know, on different crystals and gems and their powers and numerology and music study and all the things that I had to know. And then I sat down the 1st of November and I wrote that story, you know, period, because I was ready to rock and roll. Um, there have been other years when it was like, well, I'm kind of thinking I want to do this story or that story. 
and uh you know like it wasn't a series and i had a contract for the next book so i was like well all right i'll use that and basically you know like i said kind of use nano as a tool to push through what needed to get done so yeah i've done it both ways that's good i kind of have too i um one of my last nanos was an idea that was total new genre, totally different than anything I'd written. But some of the previous ones I had, um, I had done that. I'm like, okay, I need to do the next book for my publisher. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and it's good to hear you talk about preparing too. Um, back when I started nano, um, the the book No Plot No Problem had just come out, and so there was a real push to just dive right in on November first and just go for it and see what happens. But so many of the writers that I've talked to, and and myself to some extent, um, have really talked about the importance of kind of setting up, you know, an outline, character sheets, research, planning, and getting that all all in line first. So it sounds like that that's how you prefer to do your nanos. I do. I think, I mean, because, because I'm not just writing for fun. I'm not going to, this is not a one and done. Um, at this point, I consider myself a serious author. And so when I want to have a product at the end of the month that I can polish into something that's really going to be published, why wouldn't you? <laughs> why wouldn't you sit down and really think about it? Not write, I mean, obviously not writing it because you can't write it until the first of the month if you're, you know, playing the game. Um, but you can have so much ready and so many of the, oh, but what if this happens? And, you know, what about this character? And, um, you know, how can I get from here to here? Um, you know, you get those things all figured out and then the writing comes so much easier because you really know where you're going. But, you know, I know the first year I, I <laughs> the first year I did Nano, you know, you, you were in the forums and people would say, hey, I've got a plot bunny. Who wants a plot bunny? And, and everybody would say, oh, I want one. And, and then they would say, OK, well, um, you have a fairy and the fairy can turn everything green and uh, they live under the carpet. <laughs> and then everybody would say, that's great. And they would put it in their story somehow. And you were just like, wow. Um, you know, and I guess, you know, if you're doing it one done, that's fun. And, you you know, you kind of see how that works. And maybe that's the thing that solves your plot problem. I don't know. I wouldn't think so. <laughs> you know, but if you're serious about it, I mean, I think I hope that you know pretty much where you're going. I mean, obviously your characters and your situation speak to you as you move forward and something that you thought was going to work out just this way um, turns out different and that's okay you know then you, you sit and you figure out what will work because you and i both want to have people read our stuff i mean that's why we write it we want yeah. people to read it and enjoy it so you want to make it good and you want to make it make sense or else you know people are going to be not reading your stuff very true very true so just to remind anybody who's tuning in or who um is, is going to catch us um on twitch or on youtube this is the right talk wednesday show and you if you are just tuning in and you've missed the first part or 
you know, something else is going on, you can always catch the video on the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash um, at sign Epona Author Solutions. It stays up there forever or on our website. Um, we also archive everything on the website with the show notes and everything. So um, we're, you know, we, we've, we're probably um, going to be wrapping up here soon. One of the things I like to ask is, do you have any advice for people who are doing nano and maybe more specifically, you know, you got, I don't know, let's I have to do math now, <laughs> about six hours and one day left to finish your 50,000 words. What, what advice would you give people? <laughs> And I'll give myself the fact that I can't do 25,000 more words in the next day and a half. <laughs> but uh, for people who are, you know, closer to target, um, it really does come easier as you get toward the end. I mean, as you are approaching things and you've got most of your thing, you most of your plot in motion. And the, you see the strings tying themselves together as you get there. Um, it really does write faster. I know um, on several of my stories, you know, I could, I could turn out 10,000 words the last day because it just, everything was already set into place. So, and, you know, hang in there, keep working on it because, you know, you, you're going to hit a flow and get that 50,000, you know, you got that 50,000 right there in your sights and you can do it. That's great. That's great encouragement. Yeah. I just recently, it was an, an essay project, which is apparently a thing now um, for a class, but I just recently turned out about a 4,500 word short story in a day. And I kind of shocked myself. I was like, I didn't expect to do that, but yeah, it just whoop, it just flowed. So that's great the, advice. The, the front is the front is easy. You know, the first ten thousand words, you're excited about your characters, you're excited about your plot. You know, everything's going good, and you hit about that twenty-five to thirty thousand, and you're like, "What am I doing?" You know, and then once you get past that and move into the you know the last ten thousand words, it just it flies. Yeah. I think all books do that though, too. I've started writing novellas to kind of ignore that problem. I, <laughs> I get to the 25 and you're all done. Yay. Pretty much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I, th I think, I think that's part of the, part of the joy of writing there, but yeah, that's, that's a great encouragement. So um, of course, everything is on the show notes, but um, where can readers find out more about you and your work? I know if you, you've got another pen name, if you want to talk about that real quick, too. Okay. Yeah, I write uh, romance and suspense under Alana Lawrence. I also write science fiction and fantasy as Lindy Alexander. Um, uh, Lindy, I, there, each, each of us have a, a web page. It's lindyalexander.wordpress.com dot com and then alana hyphen lawrence dot com um actually if you put barbara mountjoy in a google machine either or both of those will come up and so you can find them there 
I have one book under each of those names coming out in the spring. I have Cruel Charade coming from the Wild Rose Press. And I have Betrayed, which is a shapeshifter novel, but it's an alien shapeshifter who is a lizard. So there are no warm fuzzies there. Um, and that is a science fiction romance that's coming out from Dragonfly Press. So, um, yeah, the books are very different depending on which side, which side of the uh, name they're on. You know, if it's Tuesday, I must be Alana. I don't know. I can't tell. <laughs> That's wonderful, though. And, and I'll make sure and add those extra links, too, in the show notes. Oh, thank you. Yeah, at the time I started publishing, I was a full-time practice as a lawyer, and I was writing about elves in the Montana mountains. And I thought, I can't put my real name on that. <laughs> Nobody is going to take me serious at work anymore. Um, so I chose Lindy at that point. And then I read, you know, that your pen name should reflect what people are going to expect to read. So if I'm writing science fiction and fantasy under Lindy Alexander, then obviously if I'm going to write romance and suspense, I should pick something else. And that's how the, that's how Alana came to be. And so, you know, the three of us worked, worked pretty well together. And like I said, you know, keep me off the street a lot. So it's good. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I'm currently rebranding in my writing and that, but basically all my pen names are various flavors of kit because I was like, I don't want to give myself a pen name that if somebody, you know, yelled it out at a convention, I'd ignore them. Um, and I didn't trust myself to remember who I was in any given <laughs> so, oh, I, hear that. I hear that. Yeah. So, yeah, but no, that's, and that's great advice too. Like, you know, my pen name for young adult, which is a new genre for me that I'm working on is slightly different from fantasy and all sorts of things. So yeah. Um, great, great advice. Well, is there anything else that you want to add or something that you wished I'd asked that I haven't? I would just, as far as nano is concerned, it is an experience. And I think every writer should do it at least once just to see what that feels like to be able to really cut loose and do the story you think you have in you. And, you know, if you do, maybe you'll fall in love with how that feels. And then you found a new expensive hobby for life. Uh, <laughs> unless you really like marketing. Um, but it, it's, it's such a joy to be part of that experience with thousands of other people around the world uh, that, you know, I, I would not say to ever pass it up if you can jump in and do it. Well, thank you. That is excellent advice. And there we go. <laughs> Sorry, I had a cat chewing on my hand while I was trying to talk. Yes. <laughs> I'm just I glad was... none of mine have showed up. It's like, good. <laughs> well, Skittles and I have very much enjoyed having you on the Right Talk Wednesday show. So I am very, I've, I've loved this conversation and I'm very happy that, that you agreed to join us. Um, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. And bye, Skittles. 
You've been listening to the Right Talk Wednesday podcast, taken from the live streams hosted on Twitch and YouTube every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central. The music you're hearing is Light It Up from Purple Planet Music. Learn more at purple-planet.com. To subscribe to our show, to subscribe to this podcast at any of your favorite outlets, please visit musecharmer.com. You can subscribe to a feed of all shows or just the Right Talk Wednesday show. Either way, we appreciate your support. Don't forget to like and follow us on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you are so moved, we would love it if you would go to our Ko-fi and drop us a little donation. The links are in the footer at musecharmer.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.